And what happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> it was so funny because it's literally my last day of work. I'm like, I'm almost done. <laughs> was your done. last day? It was my last day of work. And it wasn't a task that I did very often, but there was this big metal press. So these sheets, like thin sheets of metal. So there's this big, I don't know, sharp shear. Yeah, that comes down and cuts off. And it's getting smaller as you're cutting the pieces. And then it gets to the point where I had my hands clear of them. And then as I pushed the pedal, I felt a pinch. And I like pulled my hand back and I'm like, shit, what was that? I was like, that was so close. I was like, I almost like really badly hurt myself. And then I look at my hand, uh, just going to total shock. I didn't know what to do. I just started wandering around. <laughs> and then I was looking for my uncle. And then when I found him and he looked at me and I was probably like white as a sheet. He's like, are you okay? And I just like held up my hand and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He like grabs me and we went to the clinic. Welcome to another episode of Efficient by Design podcast. Uh, my name is Luke, the host, and today I have two wonderful guests with me. We have Christy and Aaron, and um, they both work with me in the leather shop. Mm -hmm. um, I should more more so now actually work with each other, yeah, and yeah. not as much with me. Yeah. Although I'm trying to change that. Yeah, I'm you're, trying to get back there more. more. Yes, yeah. weird. Yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> so Aaron and Christy both joined me. Um, in the production shop in the spring summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. I had to ask because I don't remember the stuff at all. Okay. Um, and their current roles right now. So Christy is kind of shop manager, supervisor. And so you head up uh, all of the safety, mm -hmm. safety stuff and help kind of manage staff mm -hmm. and work with some of the other managers that have kind of uh, we designated and defined roles for. And Aaron, um, you have basically been, since the beginning actually, yeah. but it's become far more, far more defined, you've been kind of heading up and in charge of cutting and laying out yeah. of all the all the yeah. materials. She kind of keeps track of all the inventory and... Yeah. 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 Inventory tracking. busy. Yeah. I try. Very busy. It's great. So you guys are, are uh, very much in charge <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. your domains. Well. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is great. <laughs> collaboration. Um, great. So let's, let's step back a bunch and mm -hmm. kind of... Um, go through you guys' previous endeavors, careers, and and mm -hmm. things, um, so we can kind of get back up to the start of when you joined Acrobus. Mm -hmm. um, so, Christy, let's let's start with you because mm -hmm. you and I have a history yeah. that goes back actually a long, long time. Yeah, I was gonna say how, how much time do we have? It's like <laughs> twenty plus <laughs> years of yeah, yeah, 90, 90, 98, 99. Yeah. yeah. Were you, weren't you gone? Like the first year that I was at school. Yeah. You, I think you were away. Yeah. I think I was off in Europe came. and Europe and stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I met you the same year that I met Dustin. Right. Uh, and for context, so Dustin, who is oftentimes my co-host as well, is yeah. Christy's husband. Um, so basically I got to know them. Yeah. In the late nineties, they got to know each other. Yeah. Married kids. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're having having kids and all that. Actually, we go back before then. You mm -hmm. have some like industrial experience yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So explain that a little bit. It's true. It was one of my first jobs as a late teenager. And then kind of between the years that I was at Cape and Ray, yep. I worked at um, my dad. So my grandfather started a company with his brothers 
way back in the 70s, 80s, and they um, manufacture like truck bodies. And so they now, their company has expanded into, I think they have a plant in Langley and then in Coldell, Alberta. And they've had other ones over the years that they've kind of, so those are their main ones. And uh, so in the summer, I worked in their electrical department. And one of my jobs was to uh, wire the sort of like cab chassis to the to the box. Okay. And so I would go underneath and I'd have like my little solder gun and my like nice. roll of whatever metal wire <laughs> and uh, get the the brake lights wired in. And yeah, it's so funny to think back now. I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't remember how to do it. But I was like <laughs> the only female in this like huge crew of, you know, middle-aged dudes. Yeah. And they were very protective of me. And that was, it was ITB? ITB, that? Intercontinental Truck Body. So you right. can look them up. They're a pretty big company now. Yeah. And if, if I can remember correctly, it was a kind of a unique assembly of the, the cube van portion, right? Yeah. They were... So they like, so the panels of the cube van, there's kind of like a, like a trademark way that they do it where they interlock. Right. Whereas like they used to just rivet them. Yeah, and then all they the panels were, are riveted together, riveted, and so there's no so they, exposed fasteners on those. Exactly. So they look really clean, and they're yeah. really sturdy. They'll last forever. They're from Europe, aren't they? They're presses and machinery. Wasn't it brought in from overseas, I thought? I think so. You'd have there's to ask my about dad. That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're working in an in a yeah. industrial kind of facility with a yeah. bunch of With a bunch of guys, yeah. yeah. And it was great. Um, yeah, it was and fun. And what, hap what happened? What happened? Like, like, it was so funny because it's literally my last day of work. I'm like, I'm almost done. <laughs> it was your done. last day? It was my last day of work. And one of the things, and I, it, was, it wasn't a task that I did very often, but there was this big... You're 18? 19. 19, okay. 19, so young. It's like a big metal press. So I have these sheets, like thin sheets of metal, aluminum, I think. And you lay it on the, this tabletop and you kind of, you're pushing it through and you're cutting off pieces. So there's this big... I don't shear. know, sharp shear, yeah, shear, that yeah. comes down and cuts off. So you have it set and it'll hit the the end and it'll cut off whatever portion size you need. And so I was doing it and it's getting smaller as you're cutting the pieces. And then it gets to the point where they have these like metal plungers that kind of like go down as you push a foot pedal. Mm -hmm. And so you have to obviously keep your hands clear of like, you'd have to really work hard to get your hand to where... The, the shear is, but then there's these metal plungers or rubber. I can't remember. And so I, I had my hands clear of them and my foot wasn't on the pedal. So I like, I'm, I looked to see where my foot was and I didn't realize my hand Split. moved. And then as I pushed the pedal, I felt a pinch and I like pulled my hand back and I was like, shit, what was that? I was like, that was so close. I was like, I almost like really badly hurt myself. And then I look at my hand and I don't know how else to describe it. It just looked like like a hot dog with like a little white <laughs> bone sticking out the end. And I took the the they called it a degloving. So I didn't like break the bone, but it took the skin and my nail off like nice. right there. And it was just at the knuckle? No, it the first knuckle, yeah. First knuckle. Totally gone. Oh my goodness. And so I'm just looking at it, uh, just going to total shock. I didn't know what to do. I just started wandering around. <laughs> and then I was looking for my uncle who was my was it supervisor. A lot? No, it wasn't. It was really weird. And then when I found him, um, he was doing something and he looks at me and I was probably like white as a sheet. And he's like, are you okay? And I just like 
held up my hand and he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. He like grabs me and we went to the clinic. And in the meantime, some workers, they heard what happened and they went and they found the tip of my finger on the ground and they put it in like a Ziploc bag with ice and they, it had blue nail. I painted my nails blue. So they bring it to the clinic and the doctor's looking at my hand and he's like, he's like, there's nothing I can do for you. You got to go into surgery. They're going to have to like shave the bone down and like close up the tip. And so, and then they come and knock, knock on the door. They've got this little Ziploc bag with the tip of my finger. Amazing. And so he was so excited. He was like, this is amazing. So he like freezes it and he like sews the tip of my finger on. And um, he's like, we'll have to keep an eye on it because it might like die because take. like yeah. you don't know if the blood flow is going to come back to it. And so um, it did turn black and I did have to go into surgery where they just kind of debrided it, took the like dead skin off. Oh, but so now it's like like a little bit shorter than the other one. People make fun of me. Call me stubby. Oh, I don't man. know. That's why you're in charge of our safety here. I know. <laughs> it's true. I know. It's it's my good party story. So You don't have any bad press stories really yet. We'll get into it in a minute. But now that you, no, you run I a press. No, I lost but... my fingernail. But yeah, okay. From stamping. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into <laughs> some of those. After. Yes. It's really embarrassing. It's... We have to come back to that. Okay. When, when, yeah, when we it's will. her turn, we, we touch yeah. on it again. Yeah. Um, okay, so you lost up your finger, and that was your yeah. last day. You were done with that. Yeah, which actually kind of worked out great because then I got WCB, so okay. I got some money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. But. And then, um, so what point, because you oh, yeah. then pursued nursing too. Yep. So when when in the story was that? Mm, so that would have been, so after that, I went back to Cape and I met Dustin. He and I started dating the end of that year. I moved to Edmonton, and um, I didn't start nursing until... Like, I think I worked at a coffee shop for, like, the first six months. And then I did my LPN, my licensed practical nursing. Uh, this is, like, very Coles Notes condensed version. And then Dustin and I, um, well, first I was working as a nurse in maternity, which I loved. It was great. And then we ended up moving to Grand Prairie. And he did a semester of school there. Oh, man, we've moved so many places from there. Is it 10 or 12 places? Well... It was like the same place a bunch of times. Okay. So we, <laughs> and then we started having kids. So we had like kids pre pretty much six months after we we got pregnant, six months after we got married. And then we had like two kids right in a row, three pretty much. Okay. So we went from Edmonton to Grand Prairie, Grand Prairie to Summerland mm -hmm. or Silver Creek, Summerland. And then we were there for like five years. Then we moved back to Lethbridge. And then it was in that five-year stint that Dustin and I started Acris Construction. Yeah. Yeah. So we're okay. kind of putting those pieces together. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then you guys headed off after five years. Back to Lethbridge for a few years. Yep. A couple of years we'd ran our photography business. Yep. And then we moved to Pender Island, one of the southern Gulf Islands, and worked at camp there for five years. And then moved back to Lethbridge for another four or five. And then I'm looking at Dustin's off screen. Um, <laughs> and then here. So, yeah. I mean, that's like very condensed yep. 20 years yep. and yeah, for sure. We have four kids. And, okay. So that yeah. kind of brings us up to current time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from, from my last sort of previous career before Acrobus was I was working um, at a gym as a nutrition and fitness right. coach. And how long did you do that? Um, three years. I think I was there. Right. And to become a nutritionist, like what? Yeah, what does I did that like take? an online certification. So there's like okay. different like tiers of nutrition. So you can be like a registered dietitian, like you have your degree, you're kind of like the like the highest level of nutrition. And then mm -hmm. mine is more so just like an online 
course. So it's like okay. more sports and like fitness nutrition. Yeah. So I couldn't like diagnose anybody with diabetes and treat them for that kind yeah. of thing. So there's like different scopes of practice. Yeah. So. Which has been cool too, because then, you know, currently my home, um, so I've got a home gym, which was the original Ackerberg's leather shop. Yeah. Once we moved to this building, then we turned that into a home gym, which now you kind of run a class-ish yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with her husband, Dustin, and my wife, Tiana. So the yeah. three of them do yeah. uh, three days a week, three, yeah. Yeah, four three, sometimes. Yeah, three, four, sometimes like, yeah. a, like a functional strength program. Yeah, and that's, you guys have been doing that for a, over, over a year? Over a year now. Yeah. Which is awesome. So yeah. it's cool because it, then I, I spend my own time in there and then Christy's coached me a bit with diet and nutrition a bit over the last few years and that's been super fun. It's really cool. Okay, yeah. awesome. So that kind of brings us up to the start of Acrobus anyway uh, from your history. So let's yeah. jump into Aaron's background, um, which is interesting too because as we were just kind of talking about this before we got started, I'd forgot about a bunch of the connections. Yeah, yeah. Um, that we had before you started on with us in 2020. Yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking we how- We probably met like 13 years ago. Yeah, and that would have been through Sean, right? Yeah. So when I was framing, um, I'm trying to think when Sean ended up being on a lot of our jobs, so- When he was with Ken. Okay, because he was a plumber. Okay, so yeah. let's go back to that. So, so Aaron's- um, partner from years ago was a fellow named Sean who ran a plumbing, a plumbing company. And he was, oh, sorry, he was with Ken. He was with Ken. Before yeah. he went out on his own. Yeah. Um, and that was with Rivendell, I think, back in the beginning. Ken was yeah, doing some plumbing so, for yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I got to know Sean pretty well. And I remember him being someone who started early, like oh, yeah, stupid, yeah. crazy yeah. early. C- crazy hours, like mm-hmm. he, yeah. So as, as like the tradesman of tradesmen. Yeah. Like, and that's what we, we'll talk about a bit too, is that yeah. you guys are both tradesmen's wives. Yeah. So you've kind yeah, of seen as much mm-hmm. as we've talked about, you know, Brad and Dustin, I've done these other episodes talking about our building. You guys have been on the yeah. other side, you know, deal with family and, and, uh, husbands coming home that are exhausted and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with Sean. So then when was our first, our first connection? So we moved out to Summerland. Like we had lived in Penticton and then we really wanted property and we found property out in Summerland and we decided to build. And so you were the framing company. Sean mm-hmm. was like, I work with these framers. They're amazing. Like they're going to be who frames the house for us. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was a stay at home mom at the time. So I was always kind of around because we lived in a little tiny trailer, like a camping trailer on the property. Cause we literally tore down the house that was on the property and then was going to build a new house on there. So we, I lived in this little camping trailer with our daughter when you guys were out framing and we just really got to know each other. That's, I mean, I've met my best friends from your crew, like Chad and mm-hmm. Chandel and stuff and, and Dustin and everybody like, mm-hmm. uh, or Devin and stuff. Yeah. And then one day when you guys were framing, cause I was always there bringing you guys food. <laughs> I'm a thousand of I feed people. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you were going to start cause you started framing in the spring and you guys had a baseball team mm-hmm. and you needed another girl for the team. And so you were like, you do lots of sports. Like, do you want to play baseball? And I'd never played baseball. So I was like, Ugh. and I didn't know you guys were playing in like the A division. So mm-hmm. I went out to your guys's practice and I just 
bombed. Like <laughs> I was like, these guys are going to hate me. Like there's no, but you guys were all so awesome. And then I started playing ball for you that season and it was so much fun. And it was just like, yeah, I literally like built my family from those people. Like that's mm. like, yeah. For the those were some like years. glory days. They of were the, amazing. So this is slow pitch beer league. Yeah, totally beer so league. So not highly competitive, but we were in a division. Yeah. And I had got into that from, so my wife, Tiana, she worked at the credit union, um, the bank in town here. And there was a see you later Gators was the name of the, <laughs> the baseball team. And I, I never grew up playing any ball, but I ended up joining their team. And yeah. Tiana, she grew up playing fast pitch. Oh, she was like yeah. a legit, legit ball player and, and traveled with it when she was younger. So I ended up playing with them. And then, yeah, with the construction company, we ended up yeah. starting our own team. Acrobus Levelers. The Acrobus Levelers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was super fun. It was, it was so a, fun. It was probably, I don't know, it feels like four or five years that were just like super highlights. We won the division yeah. once or yeah. twice. And I remember uh, Justin, um, I think he hit a grand slam in one of our games to win, mm. to win it. Oh, yeah. It was epic. It was some, some great, great It was moments. so fun. We had so much fun. And then you guys were just always at the place framing for quite a while. And, yeah. and then that's when Sean also opened up his own company during that time too. So it yep. was like, I remember talking to you lots when you were on the job site, just kind of about what that transition is going to look like, like mm -hmm. building a, mm -hmm. yep. a company from the ground up. Like Sean and I spent a lot of time talking through yeah, yeah talking through that because yeah we while building a house while having yeah. a family yeah it's you know yeah. there's a lot that goes because he that. took things really serious and wanted he was going on his own he's like i know yeah. this is risky and you know you've yeah. done it in the fairly recent past so he and i talked a lot yeah about yeah and luckily we kind of pivoted because we had everything to build the house and literally it was like three days after we had torn the house down suddenly he was going to open up his own company and was like we have no house but it was kind of like we kind of took a chunk of the house building money and was like, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's mm -hmm. just do it now. So we kind of built both at the same time. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was really, it yeah. was so much fun. But I mean, crazy. Like, mm -hmm. Let's take a, a little step back because you touched on something that we need to get into with some depth, which is that you had done some other sports. Oh, yes. yes. So, so this came to light somewhere during the, baseball time I think where it came to light that you had had done some competitive martial arts yeah I started karate when I was seven and I did it all the way up until my mid-20s um I kind of got sick in between there so I couldn't really compete anymore and and I it was a really highly competitive club we were with and I tried to do it for a couple of years without being competitive and it just didn't do the same for me but yeah I was from the time I was seven on and especially through my teenage years like middle school high school years it was really competitive like provincials um, BC winter games world championships I was teaching lots coaching like I would be at school with my high school teachers and they were my teachers at school and then they would they joined karate and then I was their instructor <laughs> In the evening, so it was like oh, weird, some, like, like calling them by their first name and telling them that they have to do push-ups because they're not doing something right. And then like the next day at school, having to go back to being like, okay, now you're in charge and the teacher and I have to call them like Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> and, like, was there some good retribution? Yeah, there was definitely, especially some of my coaches. Like I did a lot of sports all through high school too. And it was ended up being a lot of the coaches would mm -hmm. join karate. 
and like their wives and their kids and stuff like that. And it was just like that weird, like as a teenager, it was a funny Where were you living dynamic. then? Penticton. In Penticton. Yeah. Okay. So Penticton is just a, a town 15 minutes south yeah. of us here. Um, so what discipline specifically was it? Um, it was called Shidorayu. Okay. Karate. And it was like full on karate, not like judo, not jujitsu. Like okay. it was karate, which is, it's kind of the martial arts that you do a little bit of all the stuff. You do some on the ground stuff. You do takedowns. You do hmm. like some leg work. You do like, you know, the fighting. So it's stuff, we're so. quite well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah. As far as those disciplines yeah. go. Yeah. And then, so that, that you'd competed. Yeah. So to what level and what was your level of success? And yeah, we went to the, like, I think I was in grade. 10 maybe a grade 11 went to the world championships every sort of four years three years um there's like a world championship for our specific group of karate like the chitarayu um so it's in japan and then it'll be like in australia and then it'll be in canada sometimes it's in europe and some of that and so when i was in grade 10 it happened to be in toronto so i was able to go to that one and it was like a huge crazy experience it was amazing um how did you do I won the fighting. You, I never did good in kata, but yeah, fighting I was really good at. Because I mean, I was, I'm big, I'm tall. I had to fight a lot of smaller Japanese people. Um, yeah, which, which was, meant what? Like that? That there's again, there's some stories that have been told. Yeah, I, I definitely. So in like provincials and and the sort of that level of fighting, um, it's contact, full contact to the body. You're supposed to have no real contact to the face. Like you can do like just kind of little skiffs to the face. But of course. You're wearing headgear? Like no, no, not in provincial level. Okay. And stuff like that. In the world championship level, yeah, you have headgear on because it's full contact the whole okay. way. Um, so in the provincials, it's supposed to be non-contact to the face. You can do full contact to the body. But I am was like half the time a foot or so taller than and I was in heavyweight because I was so tall and I I couldn't I mean my coach all the time was like Aaron no face shots and I'm like okay and then right off the line I would just take a girl's face <laughs> off and I got in trouble so many times because I just I couldn't I'm like I can't get to their body it's way down there and so my favorite was catching a kick and sweeping them and then hitting them on the way down because then I could get to their body because as they're falling to the okay. ground I can jump on them and then you like you go back oh, to the line yeah. you get a point and some of that yeah it was i mean it was a lot of fun it was i hit it at a really awesome time where sort of that teenage years we had this incredible crew of like really really competitive other teenagers and sort of like 20 year olds and some of that and so we mm -hmm. would take two full greyhound buses like massive buses down to provincials and the different tournaments like mm -hmm. we had a huge and we'd have like the support crew and it was like this I mean, that that was my life. We just Crazy. went to all the different competitions and we would, I mean, train every day of the week and on the weekends. We, it, It's just that athlete mentality. Everyone sort of mm -hmm. pushes everything to the, so it would be, we'd go to these different hikes like the Bear Creek Mountain mm -hmm. and even Giant's Head Mountain. It would be like, okay, let's all meet there on Saturday at 6 a.m. and like see who can run to the top the fastest. And it was like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Like, it was just all very, very highly competitive, kind of everything. We went to um, do fundraising for one of the world championships. We ended up working at an orchard, a vineyard actually, and we were gonna cap all their vines for them. Mm -hmm. 
And again, it just became a competition. It was like, okay, let's see how fast we can do this. And if we can be like the best vine cappers. <laughs> and like the vineyard was like, you guys can come back anytime. Like it was, a, and everything was always very like, we tried to put into practice everything we were learning in martial arts too. So I think as a mm. teenager, it, I mean, it saved me from so much of the normal teenage bullshit that mm -hmm. people go through. And I was always known as the kid who was in karate and some of that. So I kind of people, I guess, had like a different level of respect if you can have respect amongst teenagers. But yeah, like it was definitely like a, I had a different level of awareness. So, which has served me really well in life, but it's also been like a hard thing to deal with too. Cause you just, you tend to notice lots cause you're just taught to really kind of notice everything. Cause the mm -hmm. biggest thing about what our club taught was you should never have to use this. You should be able to read situations so you never mm -hmm. actually have to use anything that you're being taught. Like that was sort of our biggest, like that our coach would always teach us was like, it's not about going out and learning how to like have a great bar fight or, mm -hmm. you know, sort of walk around like, oh, I could kick anyone's ass. It was literally like, you know, you're doing really good if you never have to use this mm -hmm. because you should be have awareness of situations mm -hmm. to the point where like you can diffuse situations and also like, no strength when, and like, character is huge yeah it so was I, huge i did shotokan karate uh, oh, okay, yeah. from i mean i was like nine till i was 14 15 yeah um and did well at it enjoyed it no competing nothing like yeah. that there was very very little in regards to sparring and much contact stuff but but there was a side of it that uh, at that age for me was fantastic in regards to the self-discipline very disciplined yeah because you're like i i have to deal with this discomfort mm -hmm. i have to like practice and get good at this and like control my body and control my emotions and then a yeah. lot of it was mind over matter sort oh, of yeah. stuff i remember one of the positions that during grading classes they'd make a stand in horse stance is what they yeah. called it yeah so you're, you're like your legs are way far apart your knees are turned in you're squatted down mm -hmm. in this kind of awkward low squat it's probably mm -hmm. what's that called in it's probably sumo some squat. A sumo squat yeah. <laughs> from a trainer. So we'd have to stand in that yeah. position during the whole grading class where everyone else is going through their gradings. Yeah. So you might stand like that for 45 minutes or an hour. Oh, yeah. And you're just sweating bullets and it's yeah. just super uncomfortable yeah. and, and doing knuckle push-ups and all these different things yeah. that at that age was like, this is, I, I can do that. I can. Yeah, it was like, the mental discipline. Like yeah. there's yeah. tons of physical discipline, totally. but so much of it was the mental and even emotional discipline. Yeah. Of like learning how to, yeah. like some classes were just mind numbingly boring almost. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you just go up and down the floor, like punching, like just yeah. up and down, up and down, up and down. Doing, mm -hmm. And like, you're just dripping with sweat, yeah. but like, and you're like, can we just do something else? Like it's been like an hour, mm -hmm. yeah. but it was like, you just had to like mental discipline. Of, and it's of amazing how those things like, those concepts carry on into now, right? Like oh, you yeah. learn those things at the, such a young age and how to be a part of a team and how to be disciplined and yeah. how to, like yeah. when you're a kid, like I did figure skating and our coach used to make us just like hold our leg up like as high as we could. And as soon as you would start to drop it, I can't remember, like you had to like keep it higher than the person next to you and your quad is just like yeah. shaking and burning because your skate is heavy. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, why are we doing this? It's yeah. so awful. You just want to go and like do your fun spins yeah. and whatever. But yeah. yeah and the hierarchy, so we like, you know, there was definitely like when we would all go out to eat as a as a club, you weren't allowed to, no one was allowed to touch their food until our 
Mm. our sensei, like our headmaster, yeah. until he started eating. Mm. And he was like a huge talker and he would go. And, <laughs> and everybody knew him. He's won zillions of awards. Mm. He got to carry the Olympic torch when it came through mm. the Okanagan. Like he's a very highly respected sports figure. Mm. And so he, every time we went places, he was, oh, and we're just all sitting there starving. <laughs> and we have to like go to some of the other black belts and like, can you please? And so he would just like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. He'd run over and like take a bite and then he'd go back to talking. We'd all like, oh, thank goodness. And then we'd all just like devour. But like just learning that, yeah, you know, from such a young age, that discipline mm -hmm. and, and respect. Mm -hmm. That respect, yeah, yeah. And that that's not something to shy away from. That's something yeah. to embrace mm -hmm. and sort of, um, yeah, it was a really like, I'm so grateful that I had. And again, I have some of the greatest friendships still to this day from that mm -hmm. time. And yeah. it's yeah. a couple of questions around that. I'm curious about. So you won Worlds. Mm -hmm. What year would that have been? Like I was probably in grade 10. So like 98, 99. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for so my you, age group. Yep. Like, yeah. So you have a gold medal yep. for Worlds yep. for karate. Is there any footage anywhere? That's what I keep asking. There is we, like probably VHS tape. Yeah, we had tons of you gotta that. Ask your we mom. need that. Yeah. Yeah, we need We that. need some of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was hard. I was, I'm very, um, I always smile. And so even when I'd be fighting, I'd sort of be smiling. But you kind of have to like to, to convince yourself to like hit somebody <laughs> and like break their nose or, you know, I've broken ribs. I've popped someone's lung once. That was really awful. I felt really bad. <laughs> but like things like that, like it's uh, like you kind of have to. I never wanted anyone I knew to see me compete because mm. you kind of turn not very nice. But then like. You're smiling, punching someone yeah, in the face. Yeah, like, and it's really hard, yeah. I'm messed up. It's, yeah. This is why I need to see it. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of got to be loud. You always have to yeah. make this, like, it's called a ki, but you have to, mm -hmm. like, make a noise when you hit people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just seems a little obnoxious, but, like, when you're in the yeah. zone, it's, like, awesome. It's this like, is ah. why I want to see it, because <laughs> it's so hard to, like, reconcile the Aaron that I know that is, like, like the most generous, like, kind, like, thoughtful human just, like, pummeling somebody. Like, I just have to see it. Uh, <laughs> we we had we had a – his name was actually – I'm going to just say his name. His name was Chad. Okay. We had a, a potential customer. His oh. name was Chad. Oh, we're talking about Chad. Oh, the Chad. <laughs> Everybody yeah, here I think I've, I think there's – I think there was maybe 60 or 70 emails back and forth. Oh, yeah. And, and texts. Yeah. And then it was calls. insane. <laughs> phone calls and threats. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was unreal, the interactions with yeah. this this customer several years ago. And there came a point where he had even said yeah. to me, if I'm ever out your way, I'm stopping yeah. buying in a whatever. Yeah. And there was there was talk amongst the shop, like, let's let's like, let's set bring this up. It on. Come on over. <laughs> come on in and we'll tell you to come in and yeah. you'll actually be locked in the back yeah. with the ladies of Acrobus yeah. who are gonna beat the living yeah. crap out of you. Yeah, we have some tough ladies. <laughs> some tough of course ladies. it never it never came to yeah. that, but it was it was fun to dream about. Um <laughs> yeah. in the midst of all this too, you dealt with some health health yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got so diagnosed with lupus when I was 18. So what is that? Well, it's like a autoimmune inflammatory disease. It tends to lupus works in a way like back when I got diagnosed, it was kind of like, oh, you'll never be able to have kids because it just it takes everything in your system and it treats it as if it's a foreign thing that it needs to attack. So it so if you ever try and get pregnant or anything like that it'll like attack the fetus as if it's cancer or something and stuff. Um, and it just made 
I, I never thought that I had anything. I didn't notice it as anything because I was used to being really, really sore and <laughs> swollen lots of times because I was always doing tons and tons of sports. Um, but it was apparently I was like in more pain and more than you were supposed to be. I just didn't. I thought that was just normal how everybody felt after a mm -hmm. big day of stuff. So I ended up um, getting like really swollen like lymph nodes and stuff they thought i thought i had lymphoma so they did a bunch of biopsies and when they did the biopsy and they removed a bunch they drained my knees a bunch i've had a couple knee surgeries when i was a teenager too just from the different sports and stuff um and kind of just through different testing they found that i had this thing called lupus and this other thing called sarcoidosis which basically sarcoidosis is it's it's like a tuberculosis so it goes into your lungs mm. and it takes all the small lining like all the nice like movable lining of things and it kind of turns it hard so your lungs like you just have a harder time breathing because everything's more stiff um and so it was kind of like oh you're gonna end up having to go on all these steroids and stuff for and it's just the what the doctors wanted me to do i mean that was way worse than i was like i'll just i kind of tried to follow them a little bit but it was like i'll just deal with like I would much prefer to just feel like I just had a rough day of like a good workout or something. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to go on any of that stuff. And then about five or 10 years later, I was just having a difficult time breathing and I ended up going to my doctor. I'm really bad about going to my doctor, but she's been my family doctor for, she's been my grandparents, family doctor, my parents, but like she knows me really well. So she I was like, I'm going to send you to the hospital. I don't like how you're describing some of this like breathing stuff. And I was like, oh God, like I hate anything to do with medical. I, I hate, I guess I hate weakness in that way. Like mm -hmm. I hate like complaining about being sore or anything. So I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Like, so we get, get to the hospital and they put me in a gown and they're like, oh, your doctor's really, and I was like, no, 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 she's totally overreacted. I'm so sorry. Like, and they're like, oh, how's your pain level? I'm like, I'm totally fine. And so the guy in the emergency, he was like, eh, you seem fine. I think maybe you're right. Your doctor was maybe kind of overplaying it. I'm going to put you back in the waiting room. And I was like, okay, good. And I was just like waiting to go home. I sent my mom away and, you know, my husband was like, should I come down? I'm like, no, no, no. Everyone's just being really dramatic. Like it's no big deal. And then he ended up doing a blood test and didn't like something on the blood test. So he's like, I am actually going to send you for the C CT scan. He's like, usually we wait until you're older to have to get CT scans. I was only in my 20s at the time, and he was like, but I don't like some of this blood work, so I'm going to send you. And I was like, okay. Went, got it done, whatever, came back. And then he, I still remember this, he came into the waiting room with a bunch of other nurses, and he's like walking so slowly towards me, and he's like, I'm just going to need you to get up really slowly and just follow me into this room. And I was like, oh, okay. And they like sat me down, and they're like, we got your CTCN results back, and you have like dozens of like, blood clots in my lungs. I guess I had had like almost 21 pulmonary embolisms go through. So that's when a blood clot goes through your heart and like shoots into your lung. And they said, luckily my heart is so strong because of all the athletics that I did, that it actually shot some of them through at such a strong rate that it actually bruised my lungs too. And so I had all these blood clots in my lungs and then they discovered through multiple hospital stays and visits and stuff that the type of lupus that I have, the way that it presents in my body is it's constantly giving my brain signals that I've lost a limb. So it's literally, I'm constantly building blood clots 
Hmm. all the time. So I'm on a very high dose of blood thinners and I'll be on that for the rest of my life. So hmm. that's definitely like my karate career was out because hmm. now, I mean, a and paper you, cut could make me bleed to the point where I have to go to the hospital, right. <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous. And then what, now you always walked obscene distances Yeah, so walking too. ended up being like my savior through all of this. Like it, it's the thing, the more that I can stay moving sort of consistently, mm-hmm the the better my system does like mm-hmm. sitting is too is really hard like sitting for long periods of time sort of yeah. staying stagnant is a really yeah because yours and Sean's house was how far out of town mm, like eight kilometers about right because you'd walk into town yeah. and back all the time like, yeah all yeah I dropped my daughter off at school I'd park at the school then I'd walk home so eight or nine kilometers home yeah do a few things back at home and then I'd walk back in to go pick her up and pick the vehicle up. right. And then we'd, I'd usually walk into baseball and do baseball mm-hmm. or we got really into CrossFit as well because mm-hmm. I kind of got to, it kind of satisfied that competitiveness and that sort of like grit mm-hmm. without, I mean, there was obviously risk of injury, but um, like you're not getting hit <laughs> by well, a fist. So. <laughs> at the same time, like through all that too, you obviously had a high pain tolerance and or, you're yeah. not a complainer at all. No, no, no. Oh, so that's, no. that's why I remember like, playing baseball and you having not really played at all before. Yeah. Like I got, I got, I remember I hit a, a off field short hit or I, th- I think I hit by shortstop and they got it. And I was sprinting to first as quick as yeah. I could. And this shortstop, I mean, amongst slow pitch kind of beer league, you have these guys who grew up playing fast pitch baseball yeah. and they're like these elite athletes playing beer league. Yeah. And so some of these guys have cannons on them Oh yeah. and you know, crush balls over the fence all the time. But I got, guy tried to throw me out at first, hit me in the ear and right in the side of the head. And yeah. I was ball shy for like a couple of weeks after running up to first. I'd oftentimes have my arm up. Yeah. So I was just worried <laughs> of getting nailed in the head. And I remember times when someone hit a, a grounder to you, like yeah. a hard steaming oh, grounder. Oh yeah, getting like chipped right in the face. Or and... in the shin. Oh like just yeah. Like, you know, you miss it, the glove, and yeah. it just the ball hits your shin and drops to the ground, like direct impact. And everyone's like, ooh, because you're expecting you to drop to the ground and be yeah. writhing. And, like, and you would be disappointed. Like, Ugh. I missed Pick the, ball. the ball. That just, just pissed me off. Like, was, you know, I remember that so many times. You're like, oh my goodness. Baseball player ever. Oh, I can't imagine that kind of demeanor, you know, from you in, I think you in, in combat sports. Where he's like, yeah, I, I take shots. Couldn't care less. And I'll break some noses. No, and yeah. like, it's, it's, it's an incredible. I just was more disappointed if I like did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't really worry about the injury. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really consider. So um, now let's kind of get into when you ended up. Uh, so we got to know each other through all those years yeah. and playing ball and, and me working with Sean. Um, and then when was the time? How did it come about that we had you come into the shop so he was working at your house yeah he was doing the plumbing, plumbing for my at your renovation house yep and then you had just had you guys had just come back from your break because you had that two-week break for covid and so you were sort of looking to like fill up like <laughs> some <laughs> spots and um and you i think you had just sort of mentioned to him like hey what what's aaron doing now that because our mm-hmm. daughter was in high school and i was I was like very, very lucky that I got to be a stay-at-home mom for about 10 years. Mm. I kind of would every now and then like work at a little coffee shop or do a little something. But for the most part, I got to be a stay-at-home mom, which was amazing. Mm. And um, But then she was a teenager and 
just kind of, you know, life going on. And so you would ask him something like, well, what's Aaron up to now? Like, would mm-hmm. she ever be interested even just for like a couple hours a day or doing, and I had just gotten out of the hospital. I'd got, I'd been really sick. Mm. I had a blood clot actually end up bursting. I had like an aneurysm that happened in it. Put me out for a while. I had to relearn how to walk. And it was a couple years of some pretty dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, so you were like, you know, even if she just wanted to come like an hour or two a day just to sort of move around a bit, get out, see how mm-hmm. things feel and stuff. And so he came home and was saying about it. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, that would actually be because I'd been thinking about like, it'd be nice to just do something. Do something again, yeah. So I ended up coming up that night and meeting with you. And you were sort of like, I don't know what it would look like, but is this something you'd be interested in? And mm-hmm. a lot of it was because I couldn't really sit for long periods of time. Um, it was like you could kind of stand up and do a lot of stuff at the clicker. And you can kind of be moving around lots. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. So I started coming like three hours a day, every other day or something. Like it would just kind of be, yeah. we just kind of moved through it and then. Yeah, then it just kind of snowballed into. Well, that was that was an interesting time. Like we, I'll go back and just touch on that two week break you made mention of, because um, that kind of is reminiscent of the stress I had been in and the need for help mm-hmm. to kind of catch up. Because at this point, I was still framing, um, and we had I had Joe and Brad were sewing with me, yeah, and I was doing all the shipping and emailing and tons of the sewing and kind of doing all the layout and yeah doing kind of everything yeah and we had one other staff member this is during the covid mm-hmm. covid times and we had a few people that were closely related to our our team that were high risk so it's like we got to make sure that these people don't get COVID. This is when it was, you know, it was really scary. We didn't know how serious mm-hmm. things were, but it was kind of like, you know, like my mom has major health concerns. Uh, Joe's mom and dad had, you know, big health concerns, and um, so we were trying to be super careful. Everyone was in masks. We're sanitizing everything. Yes. If you're any hint of being sick, stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, for a few days. To, like we're really following the rules really, really strictly during that time, and uh, we had at that time. We were still doing our once a month openings. Mm-hmm. So we'd take our openings beginning of the month and we'd sell out. And then we had this massive orders to get through. And we had just done that. We'd take our biggest opening. We had all these orders to get through. And then this other staff member mentions that she hadn't felt good for the last two or three days mm-hmm. and she needed to go home. Mm-hmm. And we were like, sorry, for the last two or three days, you've not felt good? You didn't even say anything? Well, I, I didn't want to say anything and kind of throw off the groove at all. So I didn't want to say anything, but now I feel bad enough to go home. And I, mm-hmm. I think I, maybe I have COVID. And so we were all terrified. Mm-hmm. And we had just had all this like, you know, super strict, wearing masks, don't come in, be yeah. forthright. We need to know. And so here we are having to send everybody home. It's like, we all need to isolate for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to that would home. have been like, like really early pandemic, like what, April, May? Yeah, that's so like when it was just like after. the scariest yeah, unknown yeah, totally. time. Yeah. So here we got all these orders to take, to, to build, and everyone has to go home and I'm by myself. Yeah. I was not, I was not happy. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was yeah. incredibly disappointed and so frustrated brutal. and mad about that scenario because I'm like, my, 
you know, the carpet had been pulled out from under me. Yeah. We had been up front, like, this is how we're dealing with this. If something happens, don't yeah. come in. And to know that we'd all been fully exposed to whatever she had. So I pulled 16 hour days for two weeks to try and do everything myself to get to the finish line by the time that those uh, orders yeah. were due to ship out. Yeah. So it's just after that, people are back into the shop. We're just like, okay, let's try and move forward. I need some yeah. help. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe it's time to talk to somebody. So then we, yeah, yeah. we get in touch. Um, and knowing that you had to be so mobile and be moving, yeah. I thought, oh yeah, maybe this works out for at the clicker, which is our big, our hydraulic press. And you're standing in that thing and you're yeah. carrying leather back and forth and, and that. So that was a, a good way to kind of plug you in. And I didn't know what the roles look like yet. Like who's mm -hmm. full-time. My brother's kind of part-time. Joe's the one full-time guy. Yeah. I'm in there, you know, as much as I can when I'm not on the job site running the framing crews. Yeah. Um, and then it was roughly two, three months later that, mm -hmm. that, uh, that you joined. So mm -hmm. at, at that time, like your guys's transition now to yeah. come in, yeah. how did that, what's your recollection of that? Well, we, we were about to move to Summerland from Lethbridge. And of course, it was right during the pandemic, like very early on. I was working at a gym. Every gym was shut down, so mm -hmm. I couldn't work. Um, so I was just kind of waiting at home. And you, I remember you called me and asked if I would be interested in coming and working for you. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, let's just try it. And for the summer, I was like, I had no intention of like making any sort of long-term commitment whatsoever. I'm like, well, and we ended up living in Luke's backyard in <laughs> Dustin's parents' trailer because when we moved, Dustin had to start his job beginning of July, but we didn't have possession of our house until middle of August. So we had six weeks of this like limbo time where I'm like, we have to be there, but we have nowhere to live. And Tiana was like, just come live in our backyard, which ended up us pretty much just sleeping in the trailer, but living in their house while they were renovating. It was like the yeah. craziest summer. Um, yeah. So it, which actually was great because wake up and this shop was in the basement then. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of lunch how that breaks with all the kids. Lunch breaks yeah, with right. all the kids. Yeah. On the deck. Yeah. yeah Cause the kids Big were family home. lunch breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's super. That was a crazy, crazy Such time. A crazy time. But it was actually super convenient yeah. as yeah. well. I mean, for me, having my now my home, you know, my this new business yeah. in my basement, totally. which I just finished kind of this big renovation yeah. for and built the leather shop in. And, and the plan was to be like, yeah. be in that thousand square feet for like ten years. Mm -hmm. Like it'll be like <laughs> totally. you know three or four of us. It'll build yeah. tool belts yeah. and yeah. great. And I mean, that's it. Seemed like that would have been totally reasonable because when I started, we. I mean, we were busy, but it was mm -hmm. like nothing close to where we are now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, given that we were such a small crew, we were always building as much as we could as fast as yeah. possible because we yeah. had like our capacity, Yeah. you know, but we'd kind of like get a bit of a rhythm. Yeah. And, uh, and then it just, there was always room to improve and to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, how can we do this more efficiently and more yeah. and uh, offer more spots and supply yeah. more people because there's demand. Yeah. So then it, I mean, it was probably what, maybe like a year and a half, two years until we ended up, me having to pass over some responsibility, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I was basically, I'm just trying to remember now, I should have written this stuff down. When I actually wrapped up construction completely, because I was still at home at that point. Yeah. We're still at the home shop. Yeah. Um, but what are your guys' recollection of that time when you're both in there 
And we weren't like totally fully staffed yet, but that basement yeah. room is now we're making use of most of it until the end yeah. when it was ridiculous. It's kind of an evolution. Like when I started again, it was just like four or five of us in there. And I, I'm trying to remember at that point, I think there was just one person, like it was Joe making the main bags. And yeah. so I was doing parts and Aaron was doing cut a, cutting out the leather and um yeah, joe and i are making all the funny stuff yeah we tried times. to have aaron on the sewing machine it didn't go <laughs> over very well. she's like this is not for me so <laughs> and i loved machine. it I, no. I don't know yeah. um yeah so it just kind of like and then you started bringing on a couple more people and then um yeah i started had... to learn how to make the main bags and there was a long time where yeah. i would sew the parts onto the outer part of the bag and then joe would sew them up and finish them right mm -hmm. yeah. but I just remember, and because he would never, he was, he would never say anything about what I was doing wrong. He would just fix it for me. So he would drill out so many rivets that I put in badly. Yeah. And I didn't Poor know. Joe. I'd look over. I'm like, oh, why, Joe, why are you drilling? You have to tell me so that I could fix it. Yeah. He would just like fix all my things were kind of getting figured out as we went along. Yeah. So it was like yeah. everything we did, it was like, yeah. Joe, am I doing this right? Joe, yeah. how should I, <laughs> yeah. Joe, like, I don't even know how he well, There's still so many things yeah. that like he he essentially trained me. And so yeah. I, I feel like I, I still am not 100% sure I'm doing this the way that Luke wants because yeah, <laughs> cause he never taught me. But yeah. 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 That was, was such a weird thing because it was so, it was so organic and yeah. unknown. Mm -hmm. It's not like there was like yeah. some template or model to follow. Yeah. It's like we're totally. inventing this as we go. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And so we would start to like implement more systems, be like, okay, well, you know, things are getting made incorrectly so my question was always like hey like how did this happen what is a system that we can put in place to prevent that from happening again and then we'd be like well how about we do like have somebody look it over before yeah. you like put it on the shelf and, and you guys were all laying out your own yes you guys would kind of walk exactly. over and be like i think i'm gonna make these today yeah. and then you yeah. grab the parts and lay them out yeah. and stuff yeah so and, now and yeah. then yeah the roles became a little bit more defined and developed be like well maybe it'd be better if aaron did this yeah. And then we had more time and energy to focus on these things. So it was kind of like it yeah. organically developed into more or less what it is. Yeah. And today. you would know what was on the order, but yeah. no one else really did. And so it was kind of like, I think let's just make a bunch of this and see yeah. where that goes. Like, yeah, yeah it was all very. And through this process, we're refining the product and yeah. inventing mm -hmm. new products. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right on the fly. Totally. Yeah. Well, let's change how we do that. Let's remake that totally. template. Yeah. Let's order a different dye. Let's yeah. let's try doing it this way yeah. instead. Like it was yeah. so collaborative <laughs> and unknown. I know. You know, it was it was like it was a lot of fun, yeah. but it was also really stressful. And yeah. for me too, I'm like, we're putting out a product we're selling to people. Yeah. And we don't know exactly. This isn't all dialed in. No, I you know. know. Like we're taking our best stab at it. We're building totally. custom for people. And and we got to the point then when we were fully staffed. Uh, the transition for me kind of shutting down construction, I still remember the house I was on. And when when Chad... Yeah, I don't remember exactly you don't remember. when that was. I remember it happening. So I, don't I, I remember it, I it, it was the chaos of the... Oh, the tresses? The tresses chaos. <laughs> there was, was the so, straw that broke yeah. the camel's back for you. Do you, you remember that, Luke? Don't you remember the tresses? I, every... So many of the breaks, <laughs> we'd be sitting there and you'd be like on the phone... Don't you remember they like made them wrong and then they didn't fit and you had to fix them? <laughs> was this the last I'm like your, like, house, your last was. house? We would just be on... sitting there, eyes wide, like yeah. looking We're at like, each oh other. no, it's the trust the company. <laughs> oh, so no. that that last build. So I okay, so basically <laughs> the, the transition. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So basically our team at the time, 
was uh, the three of us and Brad kind of part-time and Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was starting to be in the shop close to full-time. Yeah. And my construction company was kind of starting to wrap up. And so I had actually taken to my lead hand, Chad, at the time. Um, I told him, I'd taken him aside. I hired him out of high school, basically. He'd been with me for ages, lead hand, just rock star, framer. And I had said at one point, like, hey, just so you're aware, because he told me I'm acrobist for life. Like, I have no interest going anywhere else. And there came a point where I'm like, I feel like I need to give him an out if he ever wants it. Mm-hmm. And just be totally upfront and say, hey, I want to just, you've always said that, but if the time ever came that you're wanting or needing a change or it felt right, you're totally welcome to say that. I just want to kind of release you from any kind of like feeling of debt or loyalty. Um, he's okay. Good to know. Thanks. And it was a few months later on October 5th, on my birthday mm-hmm. of 2020. So this is now like, you know, six months after you guys had started, mm-hmm. six, eight months. Mm-hmm. And on my birthday in the morning, go down to this job when the trust job is a pretty intricate roof. And I'd been fighting through with the trust company to get things built properly. And uh, so we're into the roof framing stage and I get down there early. And that was one of the times I made sure I was in the job was to frame mm-hmm. the roofs. That was yeah. kind of my baby. And that was a fairly intricate one. And it was that morning that Chad's like, Hey, I think we need to talk. Um, I'm like, okay. And uh, he's like, you know what? I think, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe time. I think maybe it's time we we wrap up this last house and mm-hmm. and then we kind of go our separate ways. And it wasn't like a I'm done and fed up and frustrated. It's like it might be time for a change. I think that's yeah. it's, it's actually come here. And I remember we walked to the back of the house to have the conversation. And the house was on the lake. It was right in the lake. Yeah. This beautiful, super still morning, and we had this like fantastic chat. We were like arm in arm, yeah. and tears rolling down our face. Like we're wrapping yeah. this up. And it was like this beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, and I was like, okay, that, that is okay. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we were, had a great reputation with other builders in town. I'm like, Chad is going to have no problem getting plugged into another company. He wants to get into some more start to finish and some more mm-hmm. finishing stuff. And there's guys we know that would be a great fit for him. So that was really exciting to mm-hmm. kind of see his, his kind of mentor, you know, having done all these years framing together. And then I jumped up on the roof. And there's still a post from that day. I'll have to repost on my social media um, of me just being thankful for mm-hmm. the opportunity. And like, it's this beautiful morning with the sun's rising and it's like this beautiful light bouncing through the trusses and yeah. the lake in the background. I was just like, this is incredible. But I had to, in that moment, acknowledge like this, this might be the last time I do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my last roof that I'm going to frame, you know, under with Acrobus construction. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty... It was a pretty special day. One of the unique things or one of the hard parts of that day was then telling a couple of their staff, you know, I think there was only four guys on the crew at that point. Mm. Um, Chad was going to move on to start to finish um, kind of custom home building with another company. Um, Bryson had lots of opportunities and I can't remember, I thought it was two other guys. Oh, I think Nathan was wrapping up. He's going to be moving away. Yeah. And then Nick. Nick. Yeah. Nick was the other kind of wild card. And I was very clear with everybody like you know i will have your guys's back i'll take care of you however i need to i'll plug you in to other crews like this was going to be no problem and i mentioned that to nick and he was just i could see just terror on his face mm-hmm. and i was like dude it's gonna be okay like i'm gonna take care of you it's gonna be all right and he was like i don't i don't know i'm not, I'm not sure i don't know anybody else and i'm 
you know, with your guys' medical coverage that you provide, you know, we've got our daughter who's got like this big dental thing. And if that ends, I'm not sure that's going to kind of rock everything. And I could tell he was just like freaking Mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. And so in the moment I was just like, what are some options? How do I put this guy at ease? And then, which seems to be such a bizarre thing to realize then why it hadn't occurred to me before. I was like, what, what do you think about sewing? What do you mean? Well, what if, what if you stayed on the benefits plan and you just went from here, join me in the leather shop instead? Mm-hmm. Was that of interest? He's like, maybe, maybe that, that could work. Yeah. You know, because I'd built this relationship with yeah. him and he's a very kind of quiet, sensitive guy. And so we had this great relationship. So that ended up being this like really yeah. natural transition that we kind of came up with yeah. all of a sudden. Within like a couple of days, it was mm-hmm. decided, okay, we'll wrap up this house. Yeah. And then you come and join full time in the leather yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah, Which Nick, was just incredible. Nick was just telling me the other day, he's like, it's, I've been with Acrobus almost five years. Yeah. Which I was like, wait, I was at, oh, but, and then I remembered he did framing first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's technically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then he came in. Yeah. So that was kind of our full compliment, I think, in the leather shop. Then was you guys and me and Nick and Joe. Yeah. yeah. So There's five of us. Yeah. And now like every station is full. And I remember like, it was like a jigsaw puzzle in that shop. We yes. kept like moving things around yeah, to f- yeah. try and find room for everything. And and we're trying to continue. We have like more room for capacity. So we're yeah. upping the monthly orders and trying to ship it all out and me take yeah. it down in my pickup truck yeah. and all that messing around. Oh, and all of a sudden we're like, this is getting really crowded. Like we're it's hard to move around yeah. in here oh, anymore. Oh yeah, you start to feel like you were almost being buried. There was like boxes and like yeah. Yeah. just shelves being added and just parts yeah. everywhere. It was bizarre. I know. How much Sometimes we fit when in I'm there. in the gym in the morning, I'm like, I cannot oh, believe I know. Like, we were yeah. in that space. <laughs> yeah. Looking at what we have now, and sometimes I, I feel like, where are we gonna put something here? And I'm like, wait. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> we can figure it out. It is crazy. So I think it was after, I don't know, maybe six months of us all being in mm-hmm. there and like yeah. being like, we're at the limits of this space. Yeah. And now I'm actually taking over my garage mm-hmm. to do, I had another yeah. station in there and yeah. I'm doing work in the garage. I'm like now I'm taking over my personal space. Yeah. yeah, pallets yeah. of leather. Yeah. I'm like oh, we we need to mm-hmm. upscale. You know, that was, yeah. that was where we just kind of started to bump up against those barriers of yeah. growth mm-hmm. where... You know, now we're like, we're on septic field up there and I've got to, I had to build a bathroom in upstairs that we could use. Mm-hmm. And now we're coming up with, you know, there's five of us coming up to do lunches and coffees into my personal space. Mm-hmm. And we've got people wanting to come over and buy in person. They're coming to my house. Yeah. Like yeah, all of a sudden, like yeah. this is, this mm-hmm. is becoming unprofessional. Yeah. There, there needs to be some kind of boundaries yeah. here. Yeah. So it's a, it's a kind of a weird time where it just kind of grew to a point where there's now a boundary, a barrier we have to yeah. break yeah. through, um, which is when we started looking for a, for a property. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that whole whole thought too, okay, if I'm going to do a property and we want to get into another facility, what what would that look like? What's the ideal scenario, location, square footage? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? So I remember it kind of being a little bit disappointing having to consider that. It was like this mixed bag of mm. like, anticipation and excitement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and something fresh and new mixed with this like if i'm gonna actually entertain this idea i have to acknowledge that our current reality which we had basically built out that room mm-hmm. it was functional it was working we're just maintaining it it's like yeah. this is great yeah yeah it's all controllable there's no surprises yeah. we have a great system yeah. good people it's consistent reliable 
it's safe and it's yeah. known. It was great. It was like yeah. a bit of a breather for yeah. like a year. It was like, this is our capacity. We know what it yeah, is. Yeah. We can operate within this. Yeah. I think we all went through that too when you were talking about getting it. We were all like, what's that going to look like? I know. Yeah. Mm, like we I were all like, so I don't know if I can there. make any more yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just, and with the crew, because then yeah. you talked about expanding the crew too. And we're like, oh, but we mm -hmm. love our little family here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. there was a point where it was, it was, it felt safe and consistent and reliable. Mm -hmm. Like, this mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. And so to entertain changing it and upending the whole thing mm -hmm. is like, oh my goodness, it's been such a, such a journey to get to here. Yeah. And now this next step is going to throw it all into the deep end <laughs> and we're going to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a hard thing to kind of consider because yeah. yeah, I'd finished off basically my renovation. We had full mm -hmm. complement of staff and things mm -hmm. were good. Um, but things were, had so much potential to grow. And I'm like, in order for me, there comes a point where I want to keep boundaries and barriers on the business. So it only grows to a certain degree. We offer yeah. a reasonable volume of, of product to satisfy the demand. I don't want to be in these, you know, this giant industrial um, warehouse where yeah. we've got 50 people. And yeah. We're like and everything's automated and yeah. no interest yeah. in that. Yeah. Um, but I was unsettled with the reality of like, there's a, bigger need than what we can supply mm -hmm. here we could we mm -hmm. could offer more and still mm -hmm. control it and do this really well yeah and, and that, that work-life balance too yeah like it was becoming on top of each other yeah. and getting mm -hmm. so muddied and mm -hmm. yeah and so stuff. that that moment to kind of acknowledge that's the reality okay then what is the next phase what's the next season what does that look like how do we engage that um so of course you know i then i go on the hunt and you know for a year and a half mm -hmm. basically until we find this facility mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, renovate the whole thing and everything else. So I've kind of talked through that story from my perspective and other, other episodes, but for you guys, I'm kind of curious what that looked like because I've went from framing to then being in the leather shop full-time with you guys, mm -hmm. kind of flushing out that mm -hmm. whole, that whole scenario mm -hmm. to then start to become absent again yeah. as I'm working on this building yeah. and changing it over. So what would, what was that like for you guys to kind of yeah. witness? I think it was good. Like we yeah. definitely needed to, like I remember being in here when it was just in the front yeah. room too. And you and I working late one day, I think you were away and it was just you and I, and we were kind of talking about starting to have like specific like bag sewers and like a mm -hmm. shipping department, like kind of like departments and yeah. sort of what yeah. that's going to look like yeah. as we move into like the full shop and, yeah. and sort of, yeah, getting more of a, like a streamlined approach to it all of yeah. like, okay. Mm -hmm. And what does training look? Cause even up until then, anyone knew who came on to the company was through someone who already worked yeah. there. So it was like, well, my girlfriend's going to start working here. Or my, and it's like, everything was still very, I don't know, just really organic. Then. Yeah. Just yeah. very organic and friendly and some of that. But there was, and it was kind of like, oh, sure, try it that way. Or, oh, yeah, you can try over here, yeah. do kind of things like yeah. that. But to get like, yeah. okay, how do we sort of transition into yeah. a more like. Yeah. Was it exciting? Yeah. Was it, it was, exciting? It was, or I, really no, exciting. I, it's been exciting. And I think for me, it's been interesting because like, like I said earlier, I didn't necessarily come on to Acrobis with the intention of being here as long as I have been. But, and I think part of it is I think there's a few different reasons. A, I was, I think I was more burnt out than I realized from mm. my past job. Mm. And I think Acrobus gave me like a really, I don't know, almost like, like a restful, like 
I could show it like the hours were very set. I wasn't working weekends or evenings. It gave me, it afforded me the opportunity yeah. to be present with my husband and my kids. Uh, the job was really satisfying. It was like, this is your task. This is your stack of things to do. It was very mm -hmm. tangible. It was like, I could see the products being made. I could know I was doing a good job. Um, so I think it gave me so much more than I even realized I needed at the time. Um, but it was funny because I took so much of my identity in in what I was doing before that it was it was like kind of having to let go of like a bit of that pride, like, oh, like this was like this really cool career that I had, even though it was like totally burning me out. Mm -hmm. And now people would ask me what I do. And I was like, well, I sew tool belts. And they're like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you sew tool belts? So it was just kind of like, yeah, but it's actually really cool. And and I remember it was pretty early on, like it was still in the summer. And someone had approached me about doing some like, like consultation or coaching, like nutrition stuff. And I was kind of considering, I was like, ah, do, do I want to sort of like start to pursue that again? Or do I want to maybe make more of yeah. a commitment to Acrobus? And I think um, I was just working with you, Luke, and I kind of asked you, I was like, ah, maybe I should just see like, where does he even see me in this company? Because it was still like I could sense that it was growing and it was moving in a direction. And I think I asked you, like, where do you like where do you see me in this company in the future? And maybe I don't know if you remember this, mm -hmm. but you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like all the way to the top. And I was like, I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know, just the fact that you you believed in me and that you saw a future for me. I was like, you know what? Like, I think considering that like the satisfaction and the rest that I felt like I was getting in the job. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna commit and see where it goes. Like, let's just, let's just play yeah. it out and see. And I was enjoying everybody that I was working with. So it's been kind of like, I'm here for the ride. Like, let's just see where this thing goes. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep working hard. We're gonna enjoy it. There's that and transition so, of working in the basement yeah. sort of as almost like a rest stop. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. okay, like I'll go there and see what it's like and stuff like that. Yeah. But still sort of thinking like, what does my life look like moving forward? What career do I want? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. To all of a sudden, I still remember touring this place the first time <laughs> when the other come, the other guy was still in here. Hey, explain, <laughs> yeah, explain that a little bit. That was a, it was like walking into, like we literally were 100% sure there was must be dead bodies buried yeah. somewhere. Oh, 100%. In this, and that little weird little shed thing that was all yeah. completely padlocked out and you couldn't even yeah. see in the windows. Yes. I'm like, there's, there is dead bodies. Like, I swear. We all listened so, to way too many true totally crime podcasts too at the time. Yeah. So we were like, for sure, under this for floorboard sure. there. So and they were hung on hooks. And that, there, yeah, there was that, that weird thing, hook I know. machine yeah. thing. Like, yeah, yeah that's so where he dries weird. out their corpses. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> you might have to, like, post those videos from yeah. when you first. It was yeah. scary, oh, but at the time. Like, it was a sketchy looking area. Was. Yeah, you walking us through and, like, I have... I am so bad at looking at a place and sort of seeing, seeing the what potential. it, yeah, yeah. I'm, I just see what it is. And I'm like, oh, but you were like talking us through how you saw everything. And it was mm -hmm. like, it was like, for me, it was that moment of like, oh no, this is like my career now. Like mm -hmm. it was like it transitioned mm -hmm. from like, oh yeah, no, I'm here. And I think that's when I started doing full-time because I still okay. don't think I was really full-time mm -hmm. and stuff. And yeah. And then for me, it was the environment, the people. Yeah. Like, that was like a huge, mm -hmm. yeah, like, yeah. And I, it's one of those things where I don't think, especially for people who are maybe right out of high school, because we have a lot of students that come and work with us, like, mm -hmm. it's almost like you can't, 
get them to see like you don't know yet how great this is. Like yeah. you have to go for a few decades and work other places first yeah. before you really know what a gift it is to work in an environment where it is yeah. as special as it is. To genuinely yeah. wake up every like for me especially like long weekends I'm like oh great three days off yeah yay like for me like knowing <laughs> waking up in the morning and here. Oh, I would. I would 100% just totally live here. I'm like, oh, Bring this your kitchen's nicer than my kitchen. <laughs> like, I like this place. Yeah, just to, yeah, to coming here. It's, I mean, it's a family. This is it totally, is. this is like the foundation of, it's, which is so funny because even from your baseball team, like Chad and those guys, those are my best friends, like lifelong family friends, best friends. We've gone through all these big life transitions yeah. together. Yeah. I'm like something about Luke. He brings me my family members. He yeah, brings me my friends. Can't get away. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, interesting it's when you talk about that conversation. Yeah. Um, when you asked me what my my thoughts for you were, and I, I was, I had been for weeks thinking about, man, what what could this be? Because at yeah. that point, you know, I I saw the need for another mm. facility and like. This, this sort of thing, this kind of growth only happens with the right people. Mm -hmm. And I, I know and have the right people mm -hmm. if they're willing mm -hmm. yeah. to kind of yeah. allow me to present it to them and yeah. be on the journey. And there was, there was a side of it to me I was really excited about you guys being able to be a part yeah. of the building of this thing. Mm -hmm. It's okay, everybody. This is something we can all do together. Yeah. This is this is this ride that we're on. Yeah. And I want to be a good steward of the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I want to share that. And this is where I could maybe see it going, mm -hmm. you know? So when you kind of presented that to me, I'm like, Oh, I know you well enough to see <laughs> yeah. the the value in your yeah. personality and work ethic, um, that you'd be like one of those integral key people mm -hmm. that would be a, an anchor to the, to the company. And then for Aaron, for that to work out, to be kind of the same sort of thing mm -hmm. where like, here's somebody who, who, who needs the work. It's interesting. It's, it suits mm -hmm. their lifestyle and even the mobility side of things. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. you'd be up and around. Um, oh, to feel productive again was huge for me. Mm, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, but kind of gallop through that a little bit. We basically end up getting into the shop. We move into this room, this mm -hmm. thousand square feet mm -hmm. from my home shop. I remember emptying the home shop and being dumbfounded how much stuff we had fit into yeah. that space. I know. Yeah, it was, was it was ridiculous. Crazy. Um, and then, yeah, basically we get into here. I just gutted this room. We got it functional. It looked mm -hmm. like crap, but it was functional. Yeah. yeah. And your clicker was right over there. Yeah, yeah, and then the I started gutting, you know, the, the back 3,500, 3,500 square feet and building in the bays and all the different spaces. Um, you know, so we kind of went through this whole phase of kind of holding fast in this room while I was kind of preparing mm -hmm. the back end. And then once that became available and operational kind of one bay at a time of these kind of four bays that I end up kind of combining them all. Then it became this kind of new exciting phase where I'm like, we need a person to like manage this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, now we actually have to start building mm -hmm. these departments. Mm -hmm. um, and at this point, I'm trying to remember if I think at that point I was still doing all the shipping with Nick's assistance. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So I was still doing all the emailing. I was doing all the design stuff. I was doing all the shipping. We didn't have these other departments yet. So the first area that was ready was this room right on this mm -hmm. on the wall, which is where we had the cutting presses, the leather storage, the layout table. And that's where I, I started thinking, okay, this could actually be Erin's mm -hmm. domain. This is mm -hmm. like her little space. Yeah. 
not so little. The it's metal like, room, yeah. Yeah, the metalwork area and this whole layout area. So that was kind of the beginning of when, how about this is like your thing and this yeah. is your domain. I remember the excitement for you to be like, I get my own room. I know, dancing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got my own be, bathroom. Yeah. yeah, and it was really fun too to kind of build it with that in mind. And so like there's a dividing wall between that space and the production floor. You guys made sure I was close to the kitchen too. So I could <laughs> yes. continue bringing food yeah. all the time yes. for everybody. Um, but I remember it, it being exciting because I'm in the, I'm on the tools at the side of the, this wall, mm -hmm. you know, renovating and working on stuff. I'm like, hey, Aaron, come in here. Where do you think the yeah. picker should go? And I'm thinking about doing a pass through in the wall. So you yeah, can like yeah. talk through and, and yell window, at people through the, yeah. Yeah, the window into the production space. Um, and how high should it be? You know, how are we going to yeah. set the counter yeah. up so you like have a microwave yeah. and like yeah. you know, building that to cater to not just my own assumption of what might work, but to an actual person yeah. who's hands on that can kind of wade yeah. into the decisions. Um, so that was really, really gratifying to, to kind of do those that things together. Awesome, yeah. And then, you know, for me to be in a position where I'm like, I can try to build this for mm -hmm. the benefit yeah. of the employees and make yeah. a, create a, at least put the infrastructure to have a, the possibility of a good atmosphere yeah. with building in the kitchen and the, the lunchroom area, which I still am like, I gotta get couches and get that room set up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, Don't worry. I haven't forgot. I'm thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> I've been everybody plays foosball though. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, it's true. So yeah, building that space and then getting, yeah, the shipping area and metalwork area done. We kind of yeah. expand and move some stuff out of this room into there. And so then over those, those several months of like moving out of this room mm -hmm. into the back, then it became, okay, we have the space and the, the need now to have different departments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then it was like these sit down discussions of like, okay, yeah. here's the foreseeable future yeah. and talking to you about, you know, I'm having to be on the tools all the time yeah. with doing siding and roofing and framing and all the stuff that I'm doing for the building. Yeah. What if I pass over my kind of responsibilities yeah. to supervise staff to you? And we're also at a position now where we actually have to start taking on safety. Yeah more properly officially because yeah. i had done that in my yeah. framing career yeah. but i knew full well we yeah. were kind of flying under the radar yeah. with this business for the first while it's my Rad home shop flip -flops every day. oh my gosh <laughs> bare feet bare feet and flip flops yeah. yeah oh my gosh so so many things i'm like in order to kind of do this next step and build a, a, a fully fleshed out yeah. business we have to have all the pieces in place and yeah. do them properly yeah yeah um, no more of this kind of like totally. you know under the carpet sort of stuff <laughs> I know. I actually was thinking about the safety stuff the other day, like back when we were in, <laughs> I was like, if we had had our safety consultant walk through, like some <laughs> of the things that we were doing. I remember when I would, I couldn't reach the top. And so I would, I would straddle one foot on the shelf, the other one on the rolly cart. And I, just, <laughs> yes, I remember that. And it was like, you are going to kill yourself. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. Yeah. yeah. So that was a big part of my my motivation too and acceptance was like, well, now we're building an actual brick and mortar business yeah. location. Mm -hmm. We yeah. have to do things on the level properly. Totally. totally. Um, and so then, yeah, we need to do safety properly. Yeah. We need to have, yeah. have all of our paperwork in place. Yeah. We actually have to have HR stuff and yeah. deal with, with yeah. uh, people properly. We got to flush out job descriptions yeah. and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I, I don't need to be the shipper anymore, but trying to find a person that yeah. could take that on mm -hmm. and know it so well, mm -hmm. like that's a, that's a difficult totally. role to fill. Totally. So like, and that, that was one where, where Nick, um, you know, we ended up working him into that role and he was, he was such a sleeper. Mm -hmm. So on the job site, when I hired him on, I'm like, 
my first thought was he's he's a quiet mild mannered guy who will <laughs> do anything for you yeah. but i don't know what his capacity is mm -hmm. you know what his level of value will be in regards to leadership and those sort of things but he's just a good reliable guy well mm -hmm. you know as i'm trying to tra train him in framing <laughs> he's just a few steps ahead of where i expect him to be every time we talk yeah yeah, yeah. i'm trying to teach him and train him as yeah you do that because yeah. that that then i'm like yeah yeah totally you're yeah. okay you're seeing all these steps totally. you're you're the way farther quiet, ahead. like I unassuming know. like yeah. capable yeah. human yeah. so when i started passing over shipping to him yeah i'm passing it over with some grace that there's going to be some errors because you know, for myself, I'm like, I don't make too many errors, but I make some. Well, within no time, he's we way better out. at it. Oh, mm. You make some funny. errors. <laughs> I didn't say I don't make any. <laughs> but when I started passing things over, I see we'll people. Humble you, Luke. We'll humble you. <laughs> I see people doing the job I've been doing better than I've been doing it. Yeah. And it's illuminating, illuminating my shortcomings. Yeah. And so shipping and that whole domain, I'm like, this is like the the final part of the process where we're actually handing this towards the customer. Yeah. yeah. This has to be done well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was dealing with, you know, when we weren't shipping out nearly as many, I was dealing with probably four or five errors a month that were my fault. Yeah. I think it was three or four months in till Nick made one mistake. Oh yeah. I was just like, this guy is a details yes. guy who just is like a rock star in this. Mm -hmm. I am just blown away with his ability. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm hands off. Especially yeah. considering that Nick is, he is like the final like check stop. So he's yeah. catching not only his errors, but like all of all ours. Of yeah. <laughs> Production issues. Are yeah. not very many anymore, <laughs> but they still exist. So, so that was like, again, super awesome to in-house promote somebody yeah. into a role that they're just like mm -hmm. kicking yeah. ass at it. Yeah. And I'm like, if I ever have to do any shipping, yeah, that's like, his world over there, yeah. and we're all just like Nick. It's you know, fantastic. You take this. I know. So yeah, having kind of given like the whole cutting layout area to you yeah. and kind mm -hmm. of showing you what what I wanted done, and then you developing that farther, and now doing things that are far beyond what I had kind of set up, and then having Nick in the shipping. Yeah. You know, one of the hardest ones to kind of give up and give over was the like production floor management position, because mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like my reputation, what I've built on the line and someone else is going to now be maintaining that reputation yeah. and they'll be responsible for it yeah. or it'll look that way as much as I still have to oversee it. Um, but then working with you in that was just like this breath of fresh air. I'm like, this is somebody mm -hmm. who like knows how to work with people. We're wired very, very similarly. Mm -hmm. We're seeing eye to eye. And I'm just like, this is so great. I want to kind of cut you mm -hmm. loose to kind of dig into it and I will assist in whatever mm -hmm. way I can. Here's kind of the parameters that I, yeah. I want you to work within, but we can adjust those as need as, as needed and kind of create job descriptions, mm -hmm. you know, as yeah. we go. They're still yeah. somewhat yeah. fluid. Who's doing what and why? Yeah, yeah it's still and then, developing and for then sure. Claire with accessories too, like how <clears throat> detail-oriented she is. And, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. and that just yeah. is so natural for her yeah. that it was like, oh, that was like a made for her yeah. position. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. again, she I know was that, already in house. Totally. The other day, I was thinking about it. I'm like, are we, are we a well-oiled machine? I like, feel are like we, we are. are. Are we almost <laughs> there? Like, I don't know. Yeah, pretty close. Been there. Yeah. Do we yeah. know what we're doing? I know. <laughs> Four years in, maybe. Yeah, and that's uh, people. People <laughs> At least ask we think me that. we do. Yeah. So I, I had to field a question in my Instagram stories a little while ago, where I did a Q and A. Okay. And someone said, "How long did it take you to develop confidence?" Mm. in what you did. I'm like, mm. that's a great question. Yeah, and for question. the way that I'm wired and my strong imposter yeah. syndrome that I, I, I deal with, 
like with my framing company, it was probably five, six years. Yeah. So I was like, I, know. I feel pretty confident. I'm still yeah. going to stay teachable. I can learn yeah. more. There's people yeah. who do it better. But it was took me five or six years to be like, mm. we, we, we kind of know what we're doing. Yeah. And this was the same. Yeah. I still yeah. feel like, because it's, the weird thing about this business too is it's so unknown. Yeah. I don't know anybody else who does yeah. anything like this. Totally. So you're you're yeah. building it from yeah. nothing. Um, I know it's funny. Like I think in regards to like production, I feel like I'm confident that I can do that well and like I know what I'm doing. But as far as like the management, there's so many times I'm like, do I? Am I even doing my like my job? Because they're so good mm -hmm. at doing their jobs that it almost feels like I'm not doing mine. Because when you think about management, it's like you know, dealing with issues and yeah. troubleshooting. So I'm like, I don't know. Why. Yeah, I've never so worked with a company that thing. everybody just, yeah. we just all gel so well. Well, everyone's yeah. pretty much related yeah. in some way That's too. True. Either married or <laughs> But even that, that can yeah. cause actually problems. Totally. But the fact that we all just yeah. work so, like, I'm like, I'm yeah. like, where's the, Attention. when's the bomb going to drop? Yeah. Like, yeah. where's the thorn going to show up? Yeah. But it just doesn't. Yeah. But at the same time, there are things that come up. Like I think probably every couple of weeks there is some sort of yeah, yeah. issue, but the thing is that we collaborate, yeah. we get together, we have yeah. discussions, we yeah. find solutions, we deal with yeah. it, we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And what could have been a negative yeah. bomb yeah. Yeah. to go off yeah. is turned into an opportunity yeah. to, to rectify things, yeah. to better a product, yeah. to show more respect, to delegate responsibility, totally. to fix the issue. Yeah. And then everyone is brought along for yeah. it and it's edifying for everybody. Yeah. And in the end it's, everything's better. Yeah. There's no downside. I would say even more so than that, it's less often like any big things. There's like those little issues that people like, they're like, that's not a big deal. So they just kind of ignore it. And those little things can build over time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not like in very regular like out. communication and like mm -hmm. asking like very direct questions, it can sort of yep. like subtly simmer. Yeah, And, and I think we're, we're finally finding sort of like how yeah. that goes, yes. like what sort of Again, the hierarchy thing, yeah. like who, yeah. who actually has the final say in yeah. this? Yeah. And does everything go straight to you? Or now we're sort of like learning yeah. to sort of mm -hmm. yeah. interdepartmentally like yeah. deal with things and some yeah. of that. And yeah. 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 It was also another another touchy one to give over that didn't have as much um effect on the, the staff and the the business that we we work in together. Um, but passing over the custom stuff to Zach, mm, yeah, that yeah. was that was yeah. a really personal one. For I believe me it. To yeah. pass over because, yeah. like, here's like the one-on-one -on -one interaction with a specific customer yeah. about a, a custom yeah. detail. Like, this is really, really important. Yeah. So for me, like to to basically bring Zach alongside, mm -hmm. start showing him what I'm doing, how I'm mm -hmm. doing it, start involving him in the communications, and bring him alongside and start passing that yeah. over. Um, that, that was a, another really big, mm -hmm. big hard one. But basically I've worked myself out of being the shipper, out of being the shop manager, out of being the customs guy, out of doing all the layout. You're the golf pro. I've worked myself out of all these jobs. And so now I've kind of entered yeah. this, this kind of new phase to some degree of like, what's, what's my role moving mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to basically step into any of those other domains that mm -hmm. someone else is responsible for. Yeah and come in as a support and a help yeah you know and then the other one that has been the most recent you know was bringing dustin into the mm -hmm. storefront mm -hmm. um and that was a weird one because i was i never really ran the storefront or i did it for such a short period of time mm -hmm. by myself with systems i was so unfamiliar with i probably felt the least capable in that domain right. of any of the ones that i've been in yeah. so i'm like i have just no experience yeah. in it at yeah. all 
I'd had people come by the shop at home and, and deal with things in person. We kind of yeah. built some kind of backend weird software to kind of get ourselves by. Um, but then to bring somebody in who is so capable yeah. with that again was was such a breath of fresh air. Who's technical mm -hmm. can help with that stuff has been has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. So you know, moving forward, I'm like, how do I maintain and mm -hmm. execute good stewardship yeah. of a, of my role in the business now? And it's like I've got you know new products that are coming out yeah, soon. Yeah. We've got dyes coming in. Yeah, I've yeah. got. I've got new templates I want to yeah. make for you. Yeah, I know. Um, We've been saying for so long, we're like, just wait till Luke has the time to like yeah. deal with all these like little things that the we've been like, things, yeah. this is for Luke one day. This yeah. is for yeah. Luke one day. This is for Luke one day. And I feel like I've, I've started to, to chew on that list. Like even yeah. like the riveters and sewing machines. Totally. There was yeah. a bunch of little glitchy yeah. things. Yeah. And I was able to spend, yeah. you know, a week and a half mm -hmm. kind yeah. of working through all the stations and yeah. recalibrating riveters yeah. and all those little things, but there's still a, a pile of like back burner, which aren't so much back burner things anymore. Um, they're coming to the forefront, things I need to actually focus and work yeah. on. So like, I know one of the big ones is is uh, rebuilding all of our, our templates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for those of you watching and listening, our, our leather comes in, on, in pallets and it's all rolled up. We unroll it, Aaron cuts all the parts out. And then we have, I've built Lexon templates that are basically our, our layouts, so yeah, that lays on top of the leather and we make all of our marks so the parts go on. So the Lexan templates, I need to, I've got changes and adjustments and tweaks I've got to make. Yeah. And I've been talking about it <laughs> for a long time. Because <laughs> yeah. so. I don't think I could train anybody how to do no, the layout because so, there's like, so much just up different. in my head. I know. Like, I know. Don't listen to that template. You actually do this. Yeah. But we just lay it on there for it. You have to adjust yeah. it two millimeters when yeah. you flip yeah, it this to the this. side. Yeah, I'm like, uh -huh. Otherwise, it'll be off. <laughs> yeah. It's totally mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I've got, you know, some new products we're releasing fairly soon. I've got dyes coming. I'll have to make templates for those. So it's like when those mm -hmm. show up, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I need to get back. I need to get into the template rebuilding mm -hmm. zone. I've got to set up a little shop back here and get a bunch more Lexan and then yeah. like rebuild a bunch of the ones you have, build ones for the new ones. We got to, we're planning to, you know, with Dustin do like assembly instructions yeah. on mm -hmm. every single product. But there's still so many more things yeah. to flush yeah. out and work through, totally. but like the foundation is under it, yeah. which feels, yeah. feels yeah. so great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty neat place to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, and looking forward, like I'm not yeah. too sure what what comes crazy. next. I know, and not that anything has to. Yeah, so we need to get into a whole bunch of the things, or expand yeah. and get another facility, or any of that sort of yeah. thing. Like I feel like it's a great space. The only things we're bumping up against, I feel like now, is like storage space. Yeah, you know, Nick's mm -hmm. domain over there with all of our product mm -hmm. is getting really full. And if there's a few more products we're adding, we're like, that where do we? That can's already full. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we have a sea can in the back. We're storing hardware, and so it's it's an interesting position yeah. to be in. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the things I know for sure is we'll add you know a few more products to just yeah. better flesh out the product yeah. line, and then we'll refine processes mm -hmm. and tweak mm -hmm. the products that we already make to continue to make yeah. them better. Yeah. yeah, I think is what's moving forward. A couple more people would be great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, you guys, I, I keep asking you guys to find more good friends and family. And, I know, you know, now we're all so, like, know, picky right? about, like, Anybody well, want a job? To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. Anything else you guys want to add? Or have we kind of got around to most of it, I think? Well, it's yeah, been it's quite been... the ride. Hey? I know, I can't believe it's been four years. Like, I know. It's gone by so fast. Yeah. yeah. So even when you say, like, moving forward, yeah. what does that look like? It's yeah. like, 
in no time at all, it'll be another five years go past. We'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when we did that podcast? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Yeah. That was a, a oh, great been, visit. Yeah. Uh, super insightful. Yeah. Um, oh, it's been, it's been good. Like, it's funny because thinking about even when you asked me yesterday if I wanted to podcast, I'm like, well, like, I don't know if I'm interesting enough or like, yes, like yes, do, I mostly dudes probably text. listen to this. Like, are they even going to want to listen to a <laughs> couple of ladies talk about leather? Oh, I yeah. Know. You know what it's <laughs> I mean, I'm, hey. I'm curious how many tradesmen out there heard you say two millimeters a minute ago. And I'm like, ah, that's like, that's there was a few times talk. that I heard in my head. That's what metric. she said. My thought, no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's metric talk. That's oh yeah. Not. Sorry. <laughs> Metric. Yeah, and to speak to we that, we are in Canada. Canada. We are metric technically, yeah. but our neighbors to the south are imperial, oh, yeah. so we kind of have to be both. Yeah, and we say Z here, not Z. Yeah. <laughs> there was a post Ruth. I saw recently where someone, I think it was Tiana, my wife had said something. Yeah, she said A to Z. And yeah. then somebody made a comment yeah. about like, who You sound says so that? pretentious I know, by saying Z instead of Z like you're supposed to. I'm like, no, no, we're in Canada. We, we actually live in say, another country. Yeah. Anyway, he rhymes with the song. Zed doesn't go with the song. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks everybody for watching and listening and uh, we'll catch you again next time. Thanks.